1 Samuel chapter 11, verses 1 through 11. Then Nahash the Ammonite went up and besieged Jabesh Gilead. And all the men of Jabesh said to Nahash, Make a treaty with us, and we will serve you. But Nahash the Ammonite said to them, On this condition I will make a treaty with you, that I gouge out all your right eyes, and thus bring disgrace on all Israel. The elders of Jabesh said to him, Give us seven days respite, that we may send messengers through all the territory of Israel. Then, if there is no one to save us, we will give ourselves up to you. When the messengers came to Gibeah of Saul, they reported the matter in the ears of the people, and all the people wept aloud. Now behold, Saul was coming from the field behind the oxen, and Saul said, What is wrong with the people that they are weeping? So they told him the news of the men of Jabesh, and the Spirit of God rushed upon Saul when he heard these words, and his anger was greatly kindled. He took a yoke of oxen and cut them in pieces and sent them throughout all the territory of Israel by the hand of the messengers, saying, Whoever does not come out after Saul and Samuel, so shall it be done to his oxen. Then the dread of the Lord fell upon the people, and they came out as one man. When he mustered them at Bezek, the people of Israel were 300,000 and the men of Judah 30,000. And they said to the messengers who had come, Thus shall you say to the men of Jabesh Goliab, Tomorrow, by the time the sun is hot, you shall have salvation. When the messengers came and told the men of Jabesh, they were glad. Therefore the men of Jabesh said, Tomorrow we will give ourselves up to you, and you may do to us whatever seems good to you. And the next day Saul put the people in three companies, and they came into the midst of the camp in the morning watch and struck down the Ammonites until the heat of the day. And those who survived were scattered, so that no two of them were left together. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You know, Will, sometimes when we do our daily rhythm and we're reading passages, mm -hmm. we're kind of flying a plane at 10, 20, maybe 30,000 feet. Mm -hmm. And you, you get statements like love one another, you know, and it's these big statements and you can yeah. apply it in a myriad of ways. And, and immediately it's kind of like, Oh, I kind of yeah. understand like yeah. that high flying concept. Yeah. And now I have to like kind of work to, to figure out how to apply it to my life. Yeah, and, and this is definitely one of those passages. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm glad that you said that because I'll- got the oxen, <laughs> cutting oxen in pieces. Cutting oxen in pieces. You've got Nahash, you know, all yeah. these. So we are now on the ground. <laughs> we've, we've not only landed the plane, but like we're now on our hands and knees mm. in a field yeah, of, the, of weeds, yeah. like under the hot noonday sun, yeah, yeah. trying to like pick through a, a passage of scripture. Mm. So it's, it's kind of- it's important to realize that because those of you who are listening to Will do a great job reading this passage, Thank you're you. probably like, wait, who, what, Nahash, Jabesh, Jabesh Gilead, like yeah. what is all this stuff? Yeah. And so um, for a little context, we got to keep in mind that the central figure at this point in the narrative is Saul yep. and particularly King Saul. Mm -hmm. uh, the fact that he has become king of Israel and we all know that like it, it's it's a little checkered like how he became king and he's not really the right king. But I think you and Jason were talking about how, you know, it's not really the office of king that was in question, but kind of the hearts of the people and mm -hmm. desiring to have a king. Totally. And so now Saul is kind of featured 
And the story of Israel oftentimes has like these surrounding nations, the Ammonites, the Moabites, you know, all the, the Philistines has all these surrounding nations that for one reason or another are wanting to attack Israel, take over their land, yeah. take over their people or whatever. And so now in this story, you have Nahash or Nahash, and he is an Ammonite mm-hmm. and he's wanting to come over and take over some Israelite land. Mm-hmm. Saul catches wind of it and Saul basically goes and gathers the people together. And as he's as he's going to gather the people together, a very interesting thing happens to Saul. And it says it in verse six. You read it earlier. It says, And the Spirit of God rushed upon Saul when he heard these words. Mm. The Spirit of God rushed upon Saul. Uh, so, so we have this interesting thing where like Saul, we know, is not going to be the longstanding king. And in fact, like later on disqualifies himself from the office. And then God, you know, chooses David to be to be king in his place. But at this point in the story, he is kind of seen as like this savior king who's coming in and saving the day. You know, this is kind of his big debut as the new king, uh, the first king of Israel. And he comes in and, and gathers the troops together, organizes them in such a way that they go and defeat this big, big, bad, mean man, Nahash, the Ammonite Mm -hmm. who's coming against them. Um, but in the process, the spirit of God is rushing upon Saul. So that's kind of the context of the story that's going on, which otherwise I think when you're just listening to it can kind of be difficult to hear. Um, but, uh, yeah, curious to know if you had any thoughts on the passage. Will? yeah, well, I, you know, this is coming out the gate. This is Saul's like debut game. You know, this is, this is the exhibition with the rookie and, he he steps into battle and it's it's a great showing and you know yeah. it's like all all of Israel has so much hope um pent up in this king and you know i think we what we see in paul or sorry in saul yeah <laughs> is uh what we see in saul is, is this passion this zeal for israel you know because ultimately what is nahash threatening he he wants to put these people in subjection to him and gouge out one of their eyes. The right eyes. The right eye, yeah. As he says in verse 2, to bring disgrace on all Israel. Hmm. And so I think the anger that we see um, filling Saul and then as as the Spirit of the Lord rushes upon him, it's out of this like defensive love for Israel, which is a good thing. Hmm. And that's where the story of Saul starts, you know, Mm. as we, and I think that's like super important as we move forward, it's, it's going to be really interesting to watch what is his zeal following. You know, I I think of the passage zeal for your house consumes me. Mm. And you know, that is um, true of David, true of Christ. Mm. And and I I think there's a sense here where it's true of Saul Mm. and yet what happens as he, these people pour out wealth and fame and power on him as we move forward? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. Um, and so I want to talk a little bit about this whole spirit of God rushing on Saul, because I think this yeah. is, I think this is really interesting. Um, you could, okay. So we are in first Samuel, we're in the old covenant. Okay. 
There are significant differences between the old covenant and the new covenant. The Mm -hmm. new covenant, Jesus brings it on. And particularly one of the defining things about the new covenant is that the spirit of God is given to all those who surrender their lives to Jesus. Yeah. Uh, And so that's one of the defining things about the new covenant in the old covenant. You don't have the spirit of God who is indwelling all of the quote believers or all of the people of God who at this point is Israel. And so you kind of have, you you have this, these one-off times where the spirit of God will rush on people or come on people. And so you see this, for example, with Samson, you know, at the very end when he's like tied up and he, and he uses his strength to kind of destroy the building and they all crumble. And so, uh, and and the spirit of God comes on him. And so you have these like select times when the spirit of God will come on people, but you don't want to look back at these type stories and, and think, okay, this is what should happen to me if I'm a good Christian, Yeah, you know, for the spirit of God to rush on me because the new Testament makes it clear that if you are a believer in Jesus, you're following Jesus, you're living for Jesus, you've surrendered your life to Jesus, then the spirit of God has already been given to you. Mm -hmm. And so we're not looking for these moments where the spirit of God is like rushing on us. Uh, So I think it's, I think it's important to kind of keep that in view as we, uh, as we see this, but nonetheless, you have this, you have this guy, Saul, who is King and we know that like he's he's not going to be the long-term king of Israel and yet the spirit of god is rushing upon Saul at this point yeah uh and so it, it's an it's an interesting thing um to note because he's not going to remain the king long term mm-hmm. and yet god is still using him in this moment uh so what what do you what do you make of that well yeah i mean there's this idea of presumption that we begin to see surfacing. So Saul has been anointed by God, appointed as king. And here in battle or before battle, the spirit of God rushes upon Saul in battle. It empowers him. And what we are going to begin to see is is this presumptuous spirit take root. Mm. And, and, you know, I'm not going to jump, too far ahead in the story right but this idea that god's grace and and him inviting you into participating with the holy spirit the idea that that is this you know insurance card that you can carry around without any and it becomes like a right of yours that begins to give root to pride and Mm. ultimately you begin to take the throne back from God in your own heart. Yeah. And I think that's just very crucial as we see the road that Saul walks. You know, it's interesting because Saul was just made king. Um, one of one of the passages in the Bible that I consistently come back to is, is where it says, God uh, opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Yeah. Um, I kind of see this as a, a cyclical thing mm-hmm. that God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So, God can give grace to the humble. You can be humble at one point in your life, but then oftentimes like that humility will, you know, as, as, uh, as Jesus says elsewhere that, that the humble will be exalted. So you, God gives you grace as you're humble and then you are exalted. 
That yeah. is now an opportunity for either further humility yeah. or a cause for pride. And you start to look at yourself and say, what a great, what a great person I am. Yeah. Um, and so there's this need for every time you have humility, God gives you grace. Then um, you are exalted as, as the Lord promises. And at that point, what are you going to do with that? Are you going to are you going to go even lower? Are you going to press further into humility, or is it a cause for pride? And I think I think in Saul's life, I think that's what we're seeing is is here the spirit of the Lord is rushing on him, and he does a seemingly good thing for Israel yeah. and is acting like a good king. But what happens after the Lord has kind of exalted him? You know, is he going yeah. to use that for a further opportunity for humility, or is it for pride? Um, and so, out. yeah, you can, we're going to, we're going to find out as the yeah, story goes yeah. on. So more on that later for Will Carlisle. I'm Barrett Fisher. Thanks for listening to our daily rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ covenant and our daily rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.